Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The continent of Africa is important to our missions conversations today. We we even call it the unassuming evangelical giant. Join us today with Dr. Kevin Rogers as we talk about this continent that has a lot of mystery and misconception. But let's talk about its importance in missions in today's episode of From the Four Corners, Stories from the Global Church. Well, welcome to today's episode of From the Four Corners, Stories of the Global Church. Today I'm joined by Dr. Kevin Rogers. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Anna. How are you? We're so glad to have you. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, I work with the IMB, have been with the IMB for over 25 years now, uh, all in sub-Saharan Africa. And uh, I currently work in the area of theological education and also African missionary training and mobilization, trying to help African churches be healthy and send African missionaries to the ends of the earth. That's great. We invited you to join us today on this podcast because we're talking about Africa. Oh. And (laughs) so we wanted your expertise on this topic. So why do you think Africa is important to the missions conversation today? Yeah, Africa is is very important. You called it unassuming, and it is because they don't assume how they don't realize how important they are uh, to the world, I think. Um, I think Africa has been important historically as kind of the topic of where we send people to, where we send missionaries to, where we need to reach. But now I think it's becoming more important in the context of where we send from. We we want to see African churches sending African missionaries to the ends of the earth, and this is normal. The center has shifted from the West to the global South, and Africa these days is boasting more numbers than most other places. People don't realize in 2018, uh, it kind of became the center of Christianity where there were more churches and more believers in sub-Saharan Africa than any other continent on the planet. It's incredible. And so as a result of that, the center's kind of shifted from the West to the global South, and um, and there's so much going on and, and a lot of going and coming these days. It's kind of better to think about from everywhere to everywhere instead of just centers. But I think what's important is to normalize the local church sending to the world, no matter where she's located, whether it's in the deep south of the U.S., the plains of Africa, or the high rises of Beijing. Being a healthy church means being missionally, missional locally and globally. That's got to be the DNA of the church today, and that will make the missionary task the purview of every congregation and every believer. So if that's true, then it means that it's as much the responsibility of the local African church in a little village in some corner of the continent to send to the world as it is for a church in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Yeah, that's that's really well put. I talk about it in, in an article that I wrote about the global church kind of looking like roots of a tree. They're spreading unassumingly. We don't see them, but every once in a while it pops up and we get to see it. Uh, I just think that's uh, really cool to think about what the Lord is doing around the world in raising up his church to be about his mission and in doing it in places that historically have been uh, the the re- the recipients of the Great Commission, but now they're they're taking that mantle on themselves. We talk about this in a in a whole podcast episode with Dr. Rogers and Keelan Cook. Uh, so if you want to want to hear more about polycentric missions, check out that episode. But Dr. Rogers, talk to me. Um, there, there's there's sometimes the misconception of Africa of being just monolithic. 
Mm-hmm. We think of Africa and there's there's kind of a person that we think of. And, and that's really not real, right? Africa's pretty diverse. So talk to us a little bit about the diversity of Africa and therefore maybe some of the challenges that come as you try to mobilize Africans. Yeah, I would say diversity is an understatement. Um, it's even hard for somebody like myself to realize because if you spend, even if you spend 20 years in one place, you begin to think that all of Africa is just like that place where you are. So it's not just an issue for the West. It's everybody sort of tends to think that they're kind of the center of the world and everything's like like where they are. But it's a big place. I don't know if you've ever seen that map. There's a map you can just the size of Africa and you can see that in the geography of Africa, you can fit the United States, China, Eastern and Western Europe and Japan. And there are multiple regions, multiple religions, uh, multiple ethnic families, Bantu, Nilotic, Cushitic, Niger, Congo, Afro-Asiatic, there's matrilineal. Some tribes are matrilineal, some are patrilineal. And thinking of people groups or tribes, there's more than 3,000 different ethnic groups in Africa. I think there's over 2,000 languages. So that diversity alone, if I'm being honest, is a challenge. But when you understand other things like poverty, disease, corruption, logistical challenges, you realize that Africans coming together across ethnic lines to spend money they don't have to send people to the world that's kind of a, it's a, it's a huge task. It's a huge task. Um, uh, uh, just a few things uh, in terms of challenges that I think that we're seeing is the concept of churches moving from receiving to sending. That 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 mental shift has been a big challenge for a lot of churches because there's over 150 years of of missions work in sub-Saharan Africa. So forever they've seen missionaries come from the West, and that has somehow defined what they think a missionary is. And so changing that mental shift or changing that mentality so they begin to think of themselves as missionaries has been a bit of a challenge. Sure. I think working together across tribal lines is a big deal. Um, trusting others and sacrificing, uh, that's also a big challenge. And then having healthy churches. We've got some theological um aberrant issues in sub-Saharan Africa that need to be addressed. And so sometimes we, we, when we focus on theological education, we're thinking, well, even if Africa does go to the world, and she is, what, what gospel will, will she take uh, to the ends of the earth? So, so those are just some of the challenges that we're facing in Africa sending to the ends of the earth. That's great. One of the ways that you and your team have, have chosen to approach those issues is through theological education. And theological education is actually a big deal in Africa and a yeah. big deal on your team. So yeah. what do you think about, well, first of all, describe theological education in Africa. And then what do you think the future of theological education in Africa looks like? Well, theological education in Africa is probably as diverse as the continent that I just <laughs> described. Sure. I mean, there's everything everywhere, and you've got lots of influences outside uh, people who are working in sub-Saharan Africa doing theological education. You've got even homegrown stuff. Um, historically, theological education has looked a lot like Western education, where you think of institutions and buildings and, and classrooms and those kinds of things, which at some level has sort of been a hindrance to theological education, because a lot of people can't afford to leave their job, leave their home, go to those those central locations and get solid theological education. So it served us, but probably not uh, served us as well as we needed it to. And then with COVID and other things, even the changes I think that you've seen here, we've seen those changes there. So if I think about what is theological education going to look like in the future, even in the next 10 years, it's going to be mobile. 
I mean, we've got to go to people instead of having necessarily people always come to us. It needs to be church-based. I think there's been a disconnect between the institution and the local church, um, and there needs to be a reconnecting of that, where the church owns the theological education concept for their members and is looking for ways to educate their people theologically and even connect them with institutions. I'm not saying we we don't need institutions. We do. Um, But there needs to be an ownership in the local church. It needs to be diversified, not just in delivery systems, but even in the approach. We we have some people who don't read or write. So do we just you know, teach them to read before they can do theological education. Maybe ultimately that's a good goal. But in the meantime, what about oral strategies for theological education? And so when we think about diversified, we're thinking of everything from the oral learner all the way to the Ph.D. and everything in between. It needs to be decentralized. It's got to be contextualized. It can't just be Western theological education dumped into African hearts. It's got to be Africanized in a way, not not that we change the meaning of Scripture or the text, but that it's communicated in a way that makes sense sure. uh, to a person who comes from a different language, a different context, a different background, a different worldview. Um, and we've got to try to get education to where people are instead of trying to get the people to the education Another big thing, I I don't know where we're going to go with accreditation. That's always a discussion because accreditation is a big deal for everybody around the world. Sure. Um, But that's difficult to maintain when you think about something that's got to be mobile and contextualized. Um, So what's the most important thing? Is it the education or is it the piece of paper that comes with that education? And so I think those are challenges, and I'm not sure what that's going to look like. It's been encouraging to me to see the way that even accrediting bodies here in the U.S. have somehow flexed with COVID and said, okay, we've got to do a lot of online things, so maybe we can broaden our perspective on accreditation. Um, That would be very helpful in Africa. Sure. But Africa would also come with some unique challenges with technology, right? So we're thinking about the COVID situation and flexing to online. Uh, Africa's got some unique challenges there, too. And so I, I, I think... You guys have uh, a task ahead of you as you think through this with your African brothers and sisters. Yeah, and I do agree that that it is a challenge. I think that, you know, Sub-Saharan Africa is behind when it comes to technology, um, behind when it comes to Internet and even people's ability to access those things. But having said that, I also am a little bit encouraged because I think Africa has come really far, really fast. Sure. So what took us maybe 50 years to get somewhere, they've gotten there in five. Uh, It's been thrust upon them in a way. Um, But every day the Internet gets better. Every day more people get smartphones. Every day there are more and more opportunities being being offered. And I just think that um, I think they can do it. I think that probably one of the greatest challenges is for us to encourage the African church that she can do more in Christ than she thinks. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that if they will just sacrifice, that God wants to use them uh, to go to the ends of the earth and to be the leaders in theological education, the leaders in, in contextualization, the leaders in missionary advance. Um, that's, that's what we're hoping and praying for. Amen. And I will say... Uh, some of the Africans that I have met have been some of the most creative people that I've met. And so giving them a, the, the Great Commission task and saying, use your creativity to figure out how to, how to do it has been really encouraging. Yeah. So 
You talked about theological education. That's probably one of the, the ways that our global theological initiatives has partnered most in Africa is through mm-hmm. these theological education opportunities. So talk to us a little bit. How do you think global theological initiatives work has helped institutions or theological education in general in Africa? Well, GTI has been a big partner with us for many years, actually, um, particularly in helping us with leaders at seminaries and Bible institutes, uh, giving them more education so that they can actually raise their game and increase the capacity of their African institutions and structures. And so that, that's been, been a, a big help for us um, to help them to be able to kind of rise to the next level. I think GTI, too, is, is a great partner in terms of encouraging the AB10, African Baptist Theological Education Network, has been a good partner in trying to help us think creatively of how we can offer more uh, theological education opportunities to those who need it across the globe. And then also, too, I just think, you know, GTI has been good at sort of raising awareness of what 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 the future could look like and the importance of everybody being involved uh, in the missionary task. You, you mentioned the creativity of Africans, and it's so true. We talk all the time about African churches sending African missionaries to the ends of the earth, but the thing that's fascinating to me is Africans are already going. They're, they're already going. I mean, the, the di- diaspora is real. They're everywhere, and most of those who go are already believers. So at some level, it's not even a matter of how do we send them, but how do we find them where they are and offer things like theological education and missionary task training in the places where they're already at so they can reach beyond just their their people groups, but reach the people that they live among um, in places like Europe and Asia and all around the world. Um, and I think GTI would be a good partner with that, too, helping us to create some diversified ways to get theological education to people in places that are not where we have traditionally reached. That's great. Well, thank you for your time, Dr. Rogers. We're glad to have you today on this podcast. Um, I'm excited to see what the future holds as God continues to raise up his African church for his mission. Thank you. Uh, And this has been From the Four Corners, Stories of the Global Church, and we look forward to seeing you next time.